0: Hello and welcome to The Story. You are with Julie and this is a podcast where I narrate my books that are part of a fantasy trilogy. This is season three and the final story of a drama and suspense packed series. The book brings to life characters that are easy to identify and fall in love with. It is a story immersed in a plot that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Each episode is a chapter from my book. And I encourage you to join our Facebook group, The Story, where we discuss the book and enable support for writers and lovers of great stories. You can also find me on Instagram, where you can DM me at Jules underscore rights, J-U-L-S underscore Rights. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe, where you listen to all your favourite podcasts and join us on a journey of storytelling. Hello and welcome to Season 3 of the podcast. How are you all today? This season we'll be reading the final book of The Rise of a Sword trilogy, And each week we will also be discussing mysteries from around the world. Today we'll be discussing the drawing of the great Euphrates River and some of the mysteries and treasures this event has unveiled. The Euphrates River originates in Turkey. Then it flows through to Syria and Iraq to join the Tigris in the Shart al-Arab. Now I hope I've pronounced that correctly and my apologies if I haven't. It then empties into the Persian Gulf. The cause of the river drying up is from lack of rainfall, climate change and poor resource management. Saddam Hussein in the 1980s constructed an enormous dam flooding a 120 mile stretch of land near its border to Syria. The Euphrates River birthed, cradled, and supported early human civilization and was responsible for the growth of these early civilizations. It was used and still is used for irrigating crops and drinking water. Babylon was a major city and the center of Mesopotamian civilization. Now, this city was built over 5,000 years ago along the river. The Euphrates River was used as a form of transportation and trade. Now today it's not only used for the things I've just mentioned, but for hydropower for Iraq, Syria and Turkey. So it's a pretty important river system. However, it is said that the Euphrates River will completely dry out by 2040, if the drought continues. Now since the river has begun to dry up, some mysteries from past ancient civilizations have surfaced. The drying up of the river has exposed some archaeological treasures and some of these sites have dated back to 3000 BC which was during the Sumerian and Roman periods. Pre-Christian tombs have been discovered embedded into a cliff face and some Christian scholars speculate these to be the tombs or or a prison that housed demons. An ancient castle and even gold has been discovered. An ancient city dating back to 3400 BC is being excavated and is thought to be part of the Mitanni Empire. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a time machine to go back and actually see all these cities and the events that would have taken place? I think it would be awesome. Anyway, there has even been the foretelling of prophecies from religious scholars, that the drying, of the, riv- the drying up of the Euphrates River is a warning that the end is near. Although this is all non-evident speculation, there is one thing that is for certain, and that is the river is drying up, is having a huge impact on the people who rely on it to survive. That said, it begs the question, to what other mysteries and treasures will this magnificent, magnificent river reveal? If you would like to discuss this further, please join us on the Facebook group, The Story. It really is quite interesting. Now, without further ado, please get comfy and enjoy Episode 1 of Season 3 of the podcast. Merrick shaded his eyes from the bright sun peering into the distance. They had been travelling for days, desperately searching for a place to rest, and seek much needed shelter. His people had been following him with heavy hearts. Their village had been taken from from them for a second time, stolen by the devil, who delighted in their suffering. The Assaw had not only taken their homes, but had murdered their loved ones, and a despondency settled upon them. Grief tormented and plagued them with memories of times gone by. It was hard to shake and think of a future. Anja pulled her mare alongside her son, Stallion. She was now the new great seer, the first female to take up the role. Do you see, Merrick? She followed his gaze and noticed a patch of green in the distance. The asaur had attempted to burn all the forest that graced their lands, hoping to provide a desolate landscape. Without the trees, humanity would struggle to survive. I think we may have found the last remaining forest. He continued to squint, hoping his mind was not playing tricks. I dreamt of a forest the last patch of the asaur has had not destroyed, and I think you have found it. Merrick tory's gaze away from the greenery that beckoned. So we are going in the right direction? I mean, we have nearly reached our destination. Anja offered a faint smile and nodded. This will be our new and last home. Merrick felt his hopes rise for the first time in weeks. He wheeled his horse around and trotted back to where his group of people waited. Eleanor listened to her husband's announcement of finding the forest and a wave of relief swept over her. Praise the gods we can have a home again, she thought to herself. A murmur of hope rippled through the procession of people. Thought of having a home again lifted their spirits and they did not need any urging when Merrick gave the signal to be on the move again. The day was chilly and grey and added to their dark and sullen mood that had descended earlier that morning. Now the forest offered them a renewed confidence that the gods had not forsaken them. A new energy manifested as they made their way to the the oasis that beckoned. An icy drizzle filtered down from the skies, but they ignored it, so focused on getting to the forest that would become their home. The last of the majestic forest stood on the other side of the pass and lay in the direction where the sun descended in the sky. Anja led the way. Memory of her dream danced and leapt, beckoning her to the place where they would build their new village. Birds tweeted, insects buzzed, a life force that was instrumental in making the forest hum to a tune of existence. Eleanor basked in its grandeur. It had been so long since she had heard, smelt and felt the vibrance of the forest. She sent a prayer to the gods, thanking them for providing the shelter they so desperately needed. Aye, we have finally made it, Nori! Eleanor turned and smiled at her friend. She was thankful Sabin had survived his injury from the assault. So many had lost their lives when they had attacked their hidden village. Nestled in the valley under Dorhill Pass. She knew Saban's wife Edith had lost another child to the evil that still graced their world. She'd lost her husband, firstborn and now second born son, to the Assaul. The twins that she'd carried after losing her first husband Axel had perished soon after they were born, when she delivered them too early. Sabin, her remaining children, and her strength had gotten her through the dark times. Thank the gods, Sabin, we have made it. Sabin let out a soft chuckle. Aye, that's what I just said. Eleanor giggled. Sabin always made her laugh. The gods had a sense of humor when they had created Sabin. Merrick wasted no time in organising the making of a town. His people were happy to help, and it was not long before hunting parties, builders and gatherers were assigned. Within a matter of weeks, they erected homes, built a large vegetable garden, supplies were salvaged, and the people of Merrick relaxed. Merrick had chosen to build the village on top of a ridge. The forest lay behind it, creating a breathtaking backdrop. The ridge offered a panoramic view of the land below and would serve as a lookout in the times ahead. Eleanor nursed Enwin, one of her twins, as she watched Merrick hammer the last snail into the outer wall of her home. Merrick sat down next to her. "'What do you think, Nori? "'I love it, Merrick. "'I just hope we can stay here forever.' They have taken so much from us. She leaned against him breathing in his masculine scent. Merrick, quiet. He did not want to make promises and even though he had been quick to start the makings of a village, he knew the time they lived in was precarious. The Assault was still hunting them and Dardanos, their queen, was plotting her revenge. They had outsmarted her wiped out many of her generals when they had battled for their lives before fleeing into the underground tunnels provided by the trees. I know, Nori, but there are no promises, not until we rid the world of the Assaur, he told her quietly. She sighed as she lifted her baby up onto her shoulder to burp her. Enwin curled her body and squirmed against her mother before sucking her fists. Eleanor rubbed her back soothingly and once again looked at the small home that stood in front of her. She did not want to let herself get excited. She'd lost three homes in the past, thanks to the Assault. A feeling of anger washed over her as she thought about all they had taken from her. "'Marek,' she paused, thinking about what she wanted to ask him. It had been on her mind of late and she could not ignore it any longer." He turned to her, frowning, waiting for her to ask her question. She took a breath. When is all this going to end? I mean... She rushed on. How are you going to put an end to all of this? She looked at Merrick. Her heart beat faster. She was tired of running. Merrick rubbed his temples. He had no answers for her, and he had asked himself the same questions. His mother and daughter, both seers, did not have answers either. As always, it was up to the gods. Need to ask Nori, I do not know. He felt her disappointment, and his mind raced on how to placate her. Come, let me show you through our home. Eleanor let Merrick lead her through the newly finished dwelling, but she struggled to feel the usual excitement of having a house again. Winter was long and harsh, a season that tested even the fittest. Snow fell every day, and a wind constantly blew, clawing at the humans that huddled in their homes, desperately trying to keep warm. The coldest season was brutal that year, and Merrick struggled to keep the balance of providing timber for warmth and not to take too much from the forest. That cradled their community. Many succumbed and perished leaving the world of the living to join the gods in the sky. Food was another problem he had to deal with. The forest provided fauna however there was only a limited supply. A lot of the deer, moose and wild pig had died in the fires along with the forest that had been set by the usur. He also had not had a significant amount of time to hunt and forage before the coal draped their world in its heavy embrace. Merrick knew he would need to look for survivors and more supplies in the coming spring and he made a mental note to send out a search party. His thoughts turned to Talot, one of his best friends, who the Asaur had killed in the last battle. He had been a protector and fought alongside him when they battled the evil force in their attempt to rid the world of them. He sighed and felt the familiar craving for a cup of the red drink. They had long run out, and had not had the time to salvage any when they had fled and made their way to where Eleanor and her group of pregnant women, children, and the elderly had been hiding. The trees had provided a safe hiding place until they were sure they were safe to continue their journey in finding a new place to take shelter. He pulled at his beard, his thoughts mixing and twirling as they crossed his mind. A knock at the door startled him from his revere and he frowned, wondering who could call at this time of the evening. He rose from his chair and opened the door. Anja and Ludwig stood under the porch. Mother? It surprised Merrick to see them. We need to have a chat about things, Merrick. Jabrus brushed past Merrick with Ludwig following. They lived in a home with the healer Serenity towards the back of the village. Ludwig had struggled to come to terms with the loss of his master, the ancient seer, and Anja had taken him under her wing. Ludwig's mother had died in childbirth, and his father had left the deformed infant in the forest for the gods. The seer had found the newborn and had taken care of him like he was his own son. Eleanor came into the kitchen when she heard her mother in law's voice. Angel, what a lovely surprise! Let me put on some tea. Eleanor busied herself with making tea for her guests as Anja, Merrick and Ludwig sat at the big table that stood in the centre of the room. Anja waited for the tea. She knew she had to restore more than hope to the community of people that had survived the assault. She had to devise a plan. Merrick sat at the head of the table, waiting for his mother to discuss the reason for her visit. When Eleanor had poured them all a steaming cup of the warm beverage, Anja spoke. I have a few things that I feel we need to discuss. She cleared her throat and paused for a moment. I have been meditating, and there are some discrepancies that we need to address. Merrick frowned, unsure of what he what of, of what his mother was about to say. First, we need to arrange a gratitude ceremony. Something I feel you have forgotten, Merrick she turned her gaze towards her son. Merrick shook his head. He had not had the time to organise one. And in truth, he had completely forgotten. We must give thanks to the gods that once again have provided the forest to shelter in. I will organise it for tomorrow evening. Merrick returned her gaze. Good, she gave him a warm smile. There are less pleasant things that we need to discuss and I'm afraid I don't have all the answers. First, we need to find out how big the forest is. That way we can plan how to sustain it. Seeds need to be planted to regenerate it, as we need to grow more crops, cut more timber, make paddocks for the horses to graze graze in. Merrick, you will need to talk to Emsi about a horse breeding program. We have to replenish our stock. Anja paused as she thought about how she was going to tell them what she needed to say next. Sighing, she chose her words carefully. I feel that there may not be any remaining forest left, and I would suggest in the coming spring you send out a search party, not only to look for survivors, but for the remnants of forest. Merrick opened his mouth to respond before Angela raised her hand. I know, you were just thinking about that. She offered him a tight smile. Merrick shook his head and sighed. Sometimes seers were frustrating, and if they were your own mother. You also need to choose a head warrior, someone who you can trust, Angela continued. Merrick looked up at his mother with a questioning look on his face. Merrick, Dardanos knows we are here. Eleanor gave a sharp intake of breath words hung heavily in the air. What do you mean? she blurted. Nori, don't be a fool to believe that she does not know this is the last patch of forest. It would make sense that we would seek shelter here. Merrick gave her a reproachful look. Eleanor swallowed. She knew Merrick was right. She had pushed the truth away, not wanting to acknowledge it. What are we going to do then? Her voice was barely a whisper. The thought of running again made her feel sick, and she wished for it all to be over. The gods have revealed to me a prophecy that hinges on the decisions that we make. If we are to rid the world of the Assault, we must make the correct preparations. All that we have worked for will be gone. Merrick ran his hand through his his long hair. One of his habits came stressed. So once again we are sitting ducks, How do we fight and expect to win a battle against her army? There are so many. Merrick's voice had risen. Please, son, you must trust the gods. I know this does not make sense, but I will reveal more when they pass it on to me. Her words sent a shiver down Merrick's spine. Hadn't the great seer said the same words? Merrick, once you have organized your warriors, you must seek the ancient tree. I will mind travel with Serenity and Ada to help find it. It will be key. Once again, Merrick ran his hand through his hair before getting up from his chair to pace the room. An unsettling feeling came over him and he felt restless. I feel like we're repeating history, he paused in his pacing. Anja offered a smile and nodded. It has always been the same, the connection between nature and the creatures that call her mother we are linked, attached. The forest is like our umbilical cord, sustaining and providing for us. There will only be one outcome, a world of barren landscape, a place devoid of life, except for the evil that will call it home, or we triumph and restore the land with a bounty of greenery and life. She took a sip from her cup and continued, We must find the ancient tree and seek its advice. It is important that, that we take the utmost precautions in preserving the forest while trying to grow our community. We must seek survivors, and we must build our own army again. We also need to find out whether there are still humans that live with the asaur I am sure the seer who betrayed us from Shikurta Village placed that curse on you, Merrick. Merrick rubbed his face as memories of how he nearly lost his family. To the temptation of the beautiful Zuri, she had lured him away from Eleanor, and he had mistreated his wife, demanded divorce, denied the children she carried. It was all in the past, and he kept it buried. What if Dardanos is dead? I mean, Ada burned her, didn't she? Eleanor had changed the subject. She hated to think of Zuri; it only soured her mood. I can understand why you would ask," said Eleanor. But the fireballs did not destroy her as we would have hoped, and her king is by her side. Eleanor felt her heart sink. This was not what she wanted to hear. Merrick followed through with what his mother had advised and organized a ceremony for the following evening. The small community gathered around the platform and listened to their seer. Merrick watched Anja as he contemplated on who he would elect as the head warrior. His mother had warned him not to choose Emsi, Zuri's brother, because of the previous altercations they had had. Merrick had banished Zuri and the youths that had beaten and left Eleanor for dead. Zuri had joined the assault and Merrick had been forced to kill her when she had sought revenge when they had gone into battle. Emsi had become withdrawn after the betrayal of his sister and preferred the company of his horses to his fellow humans. Do not worry, Papa. The gods will help you. Merrick turned when he heard his daughter speak. She fixated him with a penetrating look before breaking out into a smile. Catcher, seated next to her grinned when he saw Merrick's expression. It still surprised Merrick with how perceptive his daughter could be he nodded and returned her smile before turning his attention attention back to Anja who was announcing the new life that was to arrive in the early spring. Six women expected to give birth in the next few weeks bringing a cheer from the people that looked up to their new seer. Many had died in the battle and on the following journey to where they now sheltered and some had perished at the icy hand of winter. Anja sent prayers to the gods for the lives lost. Out of the thousand people that had come to the hidden valley, running from the assault only a few hundred remained. It saddened Anja to see that so few had survived, and she was determined to give renewed hope and vigour to the community that had lost so much. This would be an arduous task, given they still had to rid the world of their enemy. She knew she had to reunite them, and to do that, Merrick would need to pick his army and have a plan. She would not reveal all their future intentions, but as she spoke, she emphasized the importance of continuing to work together in growing a healthy, functioning community. The people needed a powerful guide along with Merrick who had consistently proved to be a good leader. However, above all else, they needed hope. Anja would ensure that she delivered this. As the ceremony ended and people continued to eat their meal, a light snow fell. The temperature had dropped along with the absence of the traditional drinking of wine. It would be an unusually early night for a gratitude ceremony. Spring ushered in new life as the days became longer. The sun warmed the earth below and a community busied themselves in the daily routine of life. They cleared a space for the new homes, crops and a paddock for the horses. It kept Merrick busy, spending many days organizing work and hunting parties. While he contem- contemplated who he would elect as head warrior, he consistently he constantly thought about what Anja had told him before the gratitude ceremony, and he was determined to bring an end to the assault. He missed Talat, his long term friend and former head warrior. The memory of him being decapitated by the Assaw brought an intense hatred and he seethed. Ada watched her father as he sat at the timber table they used for ceremonies. She quietly made her way over to him. Papa, I thought I would find you here. Merrick turned and smiled warmly at his daughter. Morning, Ada. He moved over so she could sit next to him the long wooden seat You're up early I thought I only got up at this hour Merrick chuckled Ada did not reply straight away She knew her father was struggling with his inner turmoil There were many responsibilities in being a leader and even more when you were constantly hiding your people from an evil entity She pulled her shawl closer around her Winter still lingered refusing to give up its grasp. They looked out at the lush, looked out at the lush forest that encircled the newly built village. It provided a panoramic view of green woodlands, and the view was breathtaking. It was not the same as the hidden valley that they had run from, but it offered a space where they could rebuild their life. Merrick was thankful. They'd found the last remaining forest and he became mindful that he had yet to organise a recon party to survey the extent of it and find any remaining survivors. He pulled at his beard, his thoughts churning through his mind. Papa, I cannot mind travel to find the end of the forest. I must limit it for the time being. The person you seek to be your next head warrior, you already know and you will make the right decision. As for the Asaw, Merrick held up his hand, shaking his head. Ada, stop, I'm not understanding you. You're talking like a seer. Ada let out a soft giggle at seeing her father's confused expression. You will need to send the recon party as soon as you've nominated your head warrior and organised a new council. The Assaw, if you remember, what Pankomey advised, Ulrich, are not as smart as we think they are. They have relied on humans for help, to help find their our weaknesses. The key is to learn theirs. Ada stood up from the table. Now must go, Papa. One of the pregnant women will give birth soon. I need to tell Mother. She wanted to help. Go to Takeo. He has the answer to your problem in finding a head warrior. She gave Merrick a quick embrace before turning and making her way back to his home. Merrick contemplated what Ada had just advised him. She was right. Pancomi, the old counselor, had escaped from the Azor after being captured. He played a vital role in providing information about their enemy. Pancomi had died when Ulrich Merek's sister, Kriya, and Catcher Ada's husband, sought advice from the ancient tree, Arius. Takeo had been, a le- had been a leader of Shakurta village, who were custodians of the majestic forest and the ancient tree. Their seer had betrayed them by sharing the secrets of mind travel to the Asur and casting a hypnotic spell on Takeo, leaving him unable to defend his home and people. It is right. We must find their weaknesses, and Takeo may have a suggestion about who could be the next head warrior, Merrick mused. He frowned, another idea to him. Takeo's son may, may he could be an ideal candidate for a head warrior. Merrick smiled at the thought. He stood feeling better. At least he had some ideas on how to solve the problems he faced. He stretched and drew in a deep breath, letting it out slowly. He cast another look at the trees though reached and strained for the sky. They offered a home to many birds, who screeched and whistled, providing a morning melody. Merrick knew if Eleanor had been awake when he had left, he, when he had left earlier that morning, she would have accompanied him to sit and watch the wonders that nature offered. He sighed, She slept little with their twin daughters, he rarely woke her when she was catching up on some much needed rest. He hoped this time they would not have to leave their home again, and it was something he vowed he would do anything to prevent it from happening. Takeo was an enormous man and formidable in appearance. His shaved head did not match the long dark beard that hung down to his stomach. Various exotic tattoos and symbols covered his entire body. He was pleased to see Merrick offered him tea as they, un- as they settled on overstuffed cushions in the sparsely filled room of his home. Merrick did not know Takeo's son. The constant responsibility of running a village left him little time for socialising. ''I have a proposition, Takeo,'' Merrick said, After they finished with their formalities, Takeo merely nodded as he picked up his mug of tea. As you may be aware, I'm after a head warrior, one that I can trust, and I was thinking of asking your son. Merrick leaned back, waiting for his words to digest. Takeo frowned before breaking out into a huge grin. Merrick, I feel honored that you would ask for my son to lead your men but I think you may need to ask him. Takeo let out a loud laugh, and Merrick soon joined him. Torrin reigned in his gelding as he noticed a rider approach. He frowned. His shift in recon was not to be relieved until the following morning. They had suffered a vast number of losses, leaving little to defend the boundaries. He'd been on recon duty for a week, and he was feeling the effects of exhaustion set in. His heart sank as the rider came closer, and a sinister thought trickled through his mind. Have the Asaur returned, and I failed to alert the village? So thank you for listening. I appreciate your time and truly am grateful. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe where you listen to all your favourite podcasts. Take care everyone and see you next week on The Story, the podcast where great stories are told. Bye for now.